0: You're listening to the Greenhorn podcast, two brothers discuss their journeys to the trials and tribulations of life. My name is Neil, and alongside my brother Gordon, we hope to share our stories and experiences as we raise our families, pursue our dreams, and share our thoughts on
1: anything that interests us. Well, this is we're recording two episodes in one week because if you'd uh, listened to episode number three, you would know that Neil. Um, Neil got the Lurgy and decided to pass out in his bathroom, so we had to miss a week because Neil was <laughs> there yeah. and oh, here we are trying to catch up with back. the overall uh, podcast set up, so hopefully Neil's feeling a little bit better than he was. Um, are you starting to get better this week, Neil?
0: Yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm probably 95% there, um, 90. Not, not quite confident enough to go for a run, but that might come next week, um, hmm. but yeah, feeling good. good.
1: Good. Uh, we're, we recorded, when did we record our third episode? Like on Tuesday or something? Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, so how how um, how's it been the rest of your week? Has it been anything eventful?
0: Uh, No, pretty quiet. Pretty quiet. Um, I'm off on Fridays, as I've mentioned maybe in the first podcast. I want to work four days a week, so still getting used to that, which is nice. So I've got a quiet morning. Um, Isla's at school, boys are at nursery. So doing the podcast and then probably just chilling out.
1: So, so what you're saying is you're a part-time dad. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Three days a week. <laughs> it, it does It does sound pretty nice having like a Friday off though. I mean, that must... Because you. I don't think in your working career you've ever had that before where you do a four-day week really, have you?
0: No, and like you get brought up, you go to school five days a week. You're kind of in this system where it's... Yeah, you only get two days off, even at college and stuff. So... um yeah, it's, it's it's still after oh, eight months of doing it, it's still um, it still comes as a bit of a shock every week. Oh, I've got I've got a day off, and even Rebecca forgets. So she was expecting to take the kids to to school and stuff, and yeah, so it's a nice surprise.
1: So what what, what happens when uh, Rebecca forgets that she is she up to something that she should not be up to? and You come <laughs> home and you're like, "Hello,
0: honey, I'm home." She's back to back to work now, or starting All up right. that bakery
1: remember she is uh, yeah that's that's something we've never actually talked about on the podcast that should be our first sponsor really shouldn't it yeah, you know we, we should get them... we vegan bakery yeah yeah Neil during lockdown set up a a vegan bakery um sort of you were just sort of delivering leaving them outside the house and people were picking them up and it was it did really well or it still has been going really well to be fair
0: yeah I mean it, it was it was going really well so well in fact we actually put a second kitchen in our house which was mad. <laughs> um, and But then it got to the point where it was getting so busy and we were at a, a decision point of like, do we look for our own premises? Probably not because we're not that in that financial position yet. Um, and do we wait till the kids go to school? Do we put a pause on it and wait till the boys and either and are fully in school? So that's the kind of decision we went down. Um, so we paused it for 12 months and then uh, an angel investor, let's call them, came around and basically said that he wanted to start up again and gave us um all the kind of financial support we needed and um and yeah it's it's exciting there's a lot a lot going on a lot more wholesale opportunities um and yeah it's it's really kind of thriving now and they're looking at premises so wow. hopefully in the next few weeks they'll have, have a signed deal on on a premise
1: sick that, that, that's really cool, um, and that's kind of what lo- I suppose lockdown did, wasn't it? It made you made made people think about well, how, how can I pivot slightly? I mean, it wasn't because you you were still working; you still have your job, you're still doing what you needed to do. But lockdown, it was kind of, well, you know, what, what can you what can you do that you haven't been able to do because you were working so much? Or is there an opportunity because people are at home? Can we sell them something, or deliver something, or create something?
0: Yeah, oh absolutely, absolutely and um, and yeah, it's gone from strength to strength and now she's got a business partner so it's kind of taken a load off the kind of admin business management side of stuff so yeah, she's thriving, which is good Nice How's your yeah, week bu- been in the last couple of days?
1: Pretty busy um, I'm trying to think of what I've been up to Yesterday we were filming in a hotel doing like a write with me because Ali's writing a book so we were doing a write with me sort of... Uh, video where it's like you basically film it for like two hours and it's a long stream type of thing um, and we have some ideas around how we're going to potentially do it and just turn it into cool stuff and potentially use it as a platform for cool locations you know we're going going to Dubai in March for uh nice. for a summit um, he's talking at it but we're also looking at you know trying to come up with these like right with me type of videos that are real long format and trying to get the Atlantis Pam have got like an aquarium room or aquarium kind of like restaurant i think it is wow so we're, we're trying to get that and you know flexes influencer lifestyle influencer <laughs> followers to get like free nice. things because you know the the suite to book that's the aquarium was five and a half grand for a night wow so it's, yeah, Mad. i mean i mean we've got a budget but i'm pretty sure i've not got a budget for <laughs> for that <laughs> and then, and then today, like if anyone's, I don't, I don't know if we're going to release these as videos, but today I'm, I'm using. I came in early to work, and I'm just using some of Ali's equipment to film, uh, to film this podcast. But like, we're committed to it, right? We're committed to getting one out a week and try and make sure we kind of just do this. And if we could do fifty in a year, that would be, that'd be pretty sick, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because um, I think, I think most fail, most fail after ten, or they fail after about like two, like a month or something like that. So we'll see what we can do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I was gonna say there's also a port launch for Ali I noticed this morning.
1: Oh yeah. Yes there was. Um S- essentially. Yes. This was before I it's a stationary and this was before I sort of started, I think they were working on this this project. But it was it's more of a case of because they because they have me as an in-house creative, let's call it that, right? It's I do videos and photos. It's quite cool because sometimes the social media guy will be like, Hey, you know, we could really do with some some nicer images or some more images or just something you know in situ so then he can just send me the product and I can grab Ali for 15 20 minutes and we took all those pictures in about 20 minutes just around nice. the, work, the work office that we have so there was there's that kind of that pivoting like it's kind of it's it's good that that can be done in a yeah. in a sort of a, a very sort of fresh and young startup business so yeah that was kind of my week really and then today we've got a podcast so I've got to set up a podcast for Ali which is quite it takes a bit of time to set it up and then we've got a couple of meetings I've got one after this podcast uh, production meeting and then we have a brand identity meeting thing I know I've got way more meetings than I ever used to have <laughs> <I> <laughs> I'm know, sure just, you're used to them Neil
0: it was just yourself wasn't it before
1: yeah I'd have a meeting with myself I'd wake up in the morning have breakfast <laughs> uh, have a little, little conversation with myself you know g myself up for the day um, and it, yeah it is because it's, it's like I'm not I'm not managing clients anymore and that does sound like it's like a negative and a positive, but there's there's kind of good things and bad things about working for clients because some have you know silly high expectations because they're paying you. Some don't necessarily speak to you as much as you'd want them to so that you can deliver the product that you want. But now that I work for a team and we're all kind of collaboratively working together, it's not like they're not paying me necessarily they're yeah, yeah, yeah. working with me to ultimately better the cause of the bigger the bigger thing, and that feels really good. And, and, you know, I'm really enjoying that type of collaborative thing because we have writers that help write the videos. We have um, producers that sort of manage the uploads and the captions and the thumbnails and stuff. And that leaves me to do the thing that I really enjoy and the thing that I want to do. So, yeah, it's, it's sick. And that's kind of, the, that's kind of today's, today's thing. And then the weekend we've got another Wren Kitchen appointment. Oh. <laughs> which... Which is, it's kind of fun, but it's kind of just this decision fatigue that I, I kind of dread where you're sat there, you know, with Olivia squirming around a little bit, and you're trying yeah. to make a decision of whether or not you have a four-slot cutlery drawer or a three-slot cutlery drawer, or whether you're, 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 um, your quartz tops come off the edge by an inch or five inches, you know, do you want soft clothes or hard clothes? Come on, just, who cares? <laughs> Yeah, but then mad. But the thing is, but I'll care when the kitchen's made, right, Neil? <laughs> that's the thing. That's the problem. <laughs> cool. Today, today we were going to talk about um, dad, dad stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> unprepared, but well, does, I don't think it needs to be prepared. I've got, I've got some ideas of questions that I want to ask you. Good, because but the reason, I, the reason I kind of wanted to talk about this is because I, I maybe I haven't subscribed to them. Maybe they're probably out there somewhere in the sphere, but part of the sort of pregnancy journey I'll, I didn't really hear or receive much stuff from from services or things to help dads or to talk to dads or to support dads and that's, that, by the way, before anyone sort of decides to jump in the, in the podcast comments, this isn't about me saying that Laura doesn't take priority of course she does, it's a huge medical procedure and you know, there's risks to baby, there's risks to mum there's lots of things like that but it's also like preparedness for the dad. Like, how does he help his wife or his, or his girlfriend or his partner? How does he support them? You know, how, what's the best way to do it? How do they cope with themselves becoming a dad? You know, and it's kind of I'd be I'd be re- I'm really interested in hearing your sort of thoughts and discussion points on some of the qu- questions that I potentially have. But I think the first one that I wanted to start was and this is one that a lot of you know women will share, and, and I've been part of these groups where we talk about things like birth stories. <laughs> but we generally we generally hear the perspective of the female or the girl who's yeah, having yeah. the baby. Um, but I'm really interested. Like you've had two two birth experiences, and you don't you don't have to go into like hardcore detail. But yeah, what what were they like? So like, give me let's let's start from uh, Isla, and you get the call, baby's coming.
0: Yeah, let's take my let's take my mind back to that. So we're in Aberdeen. Living in Union Grove at the time. And yes, yeah, so I think I was with Rebecca, which which is obviously the the best place to be in terms of when things are things are happening. Um it was in the evening time. Um uh, uh, w- w- what was my emotions like? Probably just panic and, and nerves. Um it's, it's your first ever child, you don't know what you're gonna do when it comes. Um but anyway, we, we got to the hospital and I remember vividly actually FaceTiming you and like sending you photos and like there's a selfie of me and Rebecca, um, sitting or Rebecca waiting to be seen. And then phew, Rebecca would obviously remember this better than me, but I, I can't remember if it was, if it, if it was that same evening or if it was the day after that. Rebe- Isla was born. But anyway, say 12 hours went by, um, things obviously started progressing. And it was, it was, a uh, obviously Pretty traumatic for Rebecca. It, well, any any woman go, going through labour is pretty traumatic. Um, and I was there for her, kind of side by side for the um, minutes and hours that went by. And then, yeah, we got a beautiful, beautiful girl, Isla Greenhorn. Um,
1: How long did it and, take? Phew,
0: I want to say a couple of hours. Um, a couple maybe, of hours for your first baby? Maybe maybe four hours after. Wow! After all that. Um,
1: so th- um, so this was so you 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 obviously you go into hospital when you start getting contractions. So from from the contractions to baby being here it was 4 hours.
0: Uh, no 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 so going to the labor ward was
1: like ah, f- 4
0: cause hours cuz it's
1: that it's that weird thing isn't it where they put you in they put you in this like holding uh, pen. Wi- yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> where there's, <laughs> where it, there's
0: like six or seven women in the same room.
1: <laughs> and they're all they're all the thing the interesting thing is and the the midwives I find they're, they're amazing. You know, they're, they're very compassionate and very caring. And they take so much time. Under a situation where you have, let's say, six, I don't know, six beds with six women who are going through contractions, six husbands who are terrified, especially the ones that are having their first children. And everyone has, everyone's, has their individual priority. Like my baby, my situation is much more important than anybody else's. And you you get that feeling because that's that's how that's how it goes. We we having a yeah. baby that yeah. you almost feel like that is the priority. And, but then ultimately the midwives are having to manage all these six people and work out who is actually a priority, which is yeah. which is kind of which is kind of interesting. So then yeah, you went you kind of you sat around for a long time, right?
0: Yeah yeah yeah. And I had to I had to actually go home. So there was a period of time where I was at home and Rebecca was just waiting to go into labour and. Um, and yeah, I want to say it's, it's the morning that we got the call that, right, labour's actually starting, so you get transferred to the labour ward, and then that's when things really start moving and they start monitoring you and you, you get your epidurals if you want and, and all
1: that stuff. What well, What was it like leaving, Rebecca? Because you had visiting times, right? You're only allowed to go from, what, at eight o'clock till eight yeah, o'clock or something like it, that. Yeah, it's really, that like?
0: hu- really hard. Um, I was fortunate enough I mean, we can go into my, the, the boy's birthing story because that's, that's completely different. But I was fortunate enough to be like ten minutes from the hotel, from the hospital. So um, that was—I was grateful for that because I could just jump in the car. But yeah, it was—it was, it was nerve-wracking because you just don't know when when things could t- turn, and th- there's loads of health health implications that could could occur during during labour and during contractions and stuff. So yeah, you worry about Rebecca and you worry about the baby, and, um, and you don't get much sleep, although. You, you should try and bank your sleep, but um you end up just tossing and turning and looking at the phone waiting um, but yeah
1: what did, what did you what was your what was your tactics when you know because're you, you're, you're a helpless thing in the room really're you're, you're the least qualified to deliver a baby <laughs> you're also you also have you've you played the lot the fifty percent part in this whole <laughs> whole game. You know what what are you feeling like when the, the the room is surrounded by about ten people and they're you know, doing their thing? There's student nurses, there's student medics, there's uh, consultants, there's anaesthetists, there's pediatricians all there and you're just the the least <laughs> What yeah. are you doing? Like how 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 did you how did you help Rebecca? What were your things that you were doing?
0: Um just being by her side and holding her hand and, and speaking to her and kind of just calming her down. Um, I probably remember more about the boys than the Isla because Isla was 7 years ago. Um but yeah just 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 being there and then that, that's all you can do really. Um and then when it when it finally comes um you still are, are a bit of a, at a loose end because the the first first cuddle so to speak is with the mum generally if things go to plan and there's not a cesarean and stuff. So um Rebecca obviously got Isla as soon as she came out and um and yeah, like take some special memories and special photos and stuff, and wait, wait for your turn. Really, <laughs> don't rush it.
1: <laughs> That's fair, but you, you know, when I when I talk about the idea that you are the least qualified in the room to help this baby come out and do its thing, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should ask our wives this, but I, I do wonder, you know, how how significant our roles were in it, and I'm sure they'll say it. You know, yeah, you were amazing, yada yada, but. I'd actually like to hear if I was shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. could have, could have I done something a bit better to help? Because it's, there's, there's quite, it's quite rare or it, yeah, it is rare. And I hope it is rare that you see your significant other, the person that you're, you've, you're committed to that you're, you love very dearly, that you see them in so much discomfort and so much pain, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You can't, you can't take it away.
0: I know, I know. And I mean, the relief you, you see when they get the epidural or the the gas yes. in the air is just it's, it's like a switch it's It's mad,
1: yeah, exactly anyway, um, so what
0: was, what was um what was the story with you? You, you actually not surprised me, but I don't know hear I mean I, I was young, I was like twenty three twenty four when I was here, but anyway, Gordon told me that um he went sober for a month or six weeks up up, up until.
1: <laughs> are, you, are you are you suggesting to the audience that I'm some sort of raging alcoholic since I moved down to London?
0: When you told me that I was like, it's, it's kind of a good idea, but how much do you drink?
1: <laughs> well, it wasn't, but it was more the, the whole sober thing was, you know, baby, baby can come early, right? Yeah, you, you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't know when baby's going to come. They've got their due date and whatever the hell that is, but I just, I, it, there's certain, there's certain, there's certain times in your life. And you know, getting married—I'd say one of them. Leaving school is probably another one. Having a baby is certainly one of them. Um, maybe like graduation, perhaps. Depending on you know what our, what journey our kids take, um, get setting up a successful business. All these kind of like there's there's some moments, right? There's moments in your life that you you need to 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 be aware of and conscious.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And it, the whole drinking thing—it wasn't as if I was—I drink loads, but it was more if if Laura needed me, right? I need to drive the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also don't want to have even have two cans of beer in my system whilst I'm trying to help Laura in one of the most difficult situations of her life. I I, I just wasn't up for that. Yeah, and I think it's it, it's a good move. It's it's it, I think it's just it's it, yeah, it was just an adult thing that I thought this this is a really significant time in my life. I can delay the acute. Uh, sense of gratification that I get from having a nice beer and spending nice time with friends or doing whatever to to know that the long term uh, f- f- enjoyment and memories that I'll get from from committing to that because there were still opportunities like I went out with friends and they were like oh you're not having a beer oh it's
0: boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I
1: definitely I definitely understand why you did it it was just interesting hearing you say that um, and I did try I, I was drinking like zero percent beers right and I was weirdly, I was trying to convince myself I was like, yeah, this tastes, this tastes nice. <laughs> this, is, this is, you know, this is really nice. No, it's not. It's not the same. Not even the no, no. Like it tastes like, it tastes like water. Like funny tasting water. If you're having zero uh, percent beers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've experimented with zero percent, and you can't find one that's nice.
1: Um, I did find some that were. I did find some, maybe two. I think it was one in Waitrose, and there was another one that I had, which, which, in its defence, was pretty good. Like Beaver Town, they do a good zero percent. But no, the, the the real stuff. Once once baby was here, I was like, give, like have a can. Let's go. Let's celebrate. Celebrating with David. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So wait, there's one last part. You know, maybe we'll go into to to my birthing story at some point. But the last one is so you've got you've got the babies come out and they have to spend a night over in hospital. Did you have to do that?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I I want to know two. There's two questions I have for this. First one was how did you feel after baby's born. Mum's in the sort of care unit, just making sure that everything's okay for the night. When you've le- what it felt like when you left, and then I want to know the, the fun part, the best bit, when you get to take them home. So tell me about those two things.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, babies arrived. Rebecca gets transferred to a kind of shared ward. I think it's pretty standard for for single births, where you're in a, in a ward of six six other mums that have just had the same same experience. Got a newborn baby, no idea what to do with it, um, and yeah, visiting times are up, so you've kind of got to got to go, and you, you just feel a bit lost and a bit anxious because you're leaving you're leaving Rebecca with um, or leaving your wife with with something that she's never had an experience with, and she's got to rely on the kind of midwives and the nurses there to help her, and then she's in this who she, horrible, who she
1: doesn't who she doesn't know, right? Yeah, and these, she's in the, a horrible trainers.
0: environment where there's um, other mums. And we had a pretty pretty bad experience, actually, um, to the point where there was a mum opposite us that um, refused to basically stay overnight. She had to. Police got involved. And it just got chaotic. And she basically just wanted to take the child and go. Um, so, yeah, knowing that was going on, and, and Isla and Rebecca were just there, it was pretty, pretty harrowing. Um, and I remember lying in bed the last night of, like, kind of myself... Um, obviously, Isla was hopefully going to come home the next day, so my last night in the home, and that was a weird, I mean, I, I fell asleep because it was a pretty traumatic kind of I don't know, 24 hours, knackered. But um, yeah, just that, that sense of like, wow, it's silent and there's nobody else here, and soon there'll be three, three of us.
1: There's a funny, there's a funny moment with that where you you know what's coming, yeah, and you're you're almost you're almost grateful for the moment to appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and I think did uh, maybe this is when I got home. But I remember going out with a pint for you, a pint with you. And it, you
1: maybe you maybe did, yeah, because I again these are sort of moments that I am glad that I I took initiative and I recognised them. You know, I think that was a flight that one. I didn't drive up the the other the other ones. I drove up, but the the flight. I was like, it, you know, it. It was expensive and it was a, a lot to come up, but I was like, I'm not going to miss this. Like, this. You know, this is the first the first baby greenhorn that's been born. I'm I'm coming up, and yeah, I think I think I visited Rebecca in hospital, and she was very. It was very nice of you both to to let me come and see her, um, because I know I know now how traumatic and difficult these kind of things can be.
0: I'm sure we went for a pint after.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think we did. Yeah. So then, now no, tell me some fun bit, right? Tell me the bit when she comes home, what does that feel like when when you're like, yeah, you can go home and you get home?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely fun and it's definitely a sense of, of relief, but then a sense of fear at the same time because you've got your first night with a child you've never had before. And um, yeah, there's a bit of you that is just like a, a bit terrified. Um, and I, I think it's not until maybe week one is done where you kind of your, your anxiety and your nerves may, might relax and you kind of get into the flow of things. And when she cries, it's not necessarily the end of the world. Um,
1: <laughs> and, yes. Yes. No, it's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I think although it's a, a fantastic feeling, I think it probably takes about a week to, to come to terms with everything and, and get into that flow.
1: What was the first night like?
0: You mad. I, I remember not sleeping at all. And like Rebe- Rebecca, well, sorry, Isla was a bit unsettled, but I think I was just full of adrenaline. And like any kind of movement or breath or snorting, you're like, "What's that? Is she t- turned over the wrong way? Is she? Is she? Is her mouth covered by a blanket?" Or and the whole thing about like getting the right temperature. So we had Isla in February, and it was I think it was frosty or snowing outside. And we lived in a an really old Aberdeen flat at the time with pr- really high ceilings, pretty poor heating, and it's like, how many layers do you put on? Like, how, how do you keep it? How, what's warm enough? Um, but it's, yeah, it's that the, the anxiety that
1: comes from just the the complete and utter not knowing. Like yeah. There's no you know, you're not given a manual. Like yeah. there's no, yeah, there's no there's literally no manual, and you know you're trying to be a supportive husband. You're trying to be a supportive partner. You're trying to be a good dad, but you have no idea what you're doing. You don't you don't know what good is. You you can you can. You can look at the people, the the men that are around you that have had children, and be like, okay, they they seem to, but you don't know what they did because yeah, they had yeah. kids like forty years ago or thirty <laughs> years ago. Right? And they
0: try and give you advice, and, and yeah, <laughs> that's another another podcast episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am, I am sure.
0: Um, but yeah, like talking about your your very first point of like from a dad's perspective when people come and check on Rebecca and. I think after a couple of days you get a midwife visit or a health visitor visit and by all means I'm, I'm supporting this and it, it needs to be focused on Rebecca and how she's healing and how she's getting on and how Isla is um, also very important but there, there's never once a question of how are you to, to the dad or to me and I, I think that's quite um, quite interesting um, and even, even when the twins came same thing happened so seven years apart there's still there's not been that change
1: um, no, th- no, there hasn't, and um, there there was the the health visitor that we had. There was an idea of you know how are you, you know, as a collective, the both of us, but there is there is a, a very large emphasis on on sort of uh, female care or mother care, if you will, versus sort of dad dad questions and stuff like that. Which I don't I don't really know what the solution is to be honest. But I would, I would like there to be more involvement, you know. Because I remember the midwives, the midwives, were, the midwives that we had were amazing. Like they were really, really good, and they were just, they just put everyone at ease, and it was just, it was great. However, there was a significant sexist undertone. You know, there were sort of comments that were made uh, during sort of the birthing experience that, if it was said in another context by a different gender. It would have been taken a very different yeah. way, yeah. And and I, and I think I get it. Like this is sometimes people are just a bit old school, and that's just it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I think there there needs to be like a. There, I think there's something something needs to happen where there is a bit more involvement, or you know how because because we I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better partner. I want to be a better person. So including some some sort of thing that's I don't know leaflets perhaps that that uh, are handed out for dads maybe segments within baby and bump classes that are sort of dad specific and and helpful and i don't know i i, I don't want to come across as, as i'm trying to be selfish but i think it helps you know it helps the overall family unity thing that you're creating by helping dads understand better their role in 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 the, the thing that they're doing because it's like i said like i'm asking you questions like how did you support rebecca no one, no one tells you how to. No one tells you yeah, how to do that you're just yeah. literally going purely off of instinct. Whereas it would be quite nice to know. Okay, these are the procedures that are going to happen. This is the kind of thing that I'd like you to step in to do. You know, would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? Um, this is how to help your wife. These are the stages that are likely to go through. And something in like the baby and bump thing probably would have been helpful. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you kind of. The stark reality is that male suicide is is far greater, and could they get more support? I mean, I I went through a pretty tough time when the boys came. Um, twins is just the next level of of everything that I just described—anxiety and and all that stuff, times times two or three. Um, and yeah, if there was support there, would I have a would I have had a better first year with the boys and with Rebecca?
1: That's 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 a difficult that's a difficult one, isn't it? Though, because I I felt this becoming a dad, where work for me has always been about having fun. It's been about pursuing the things that I want to do, and it you know if all else fails, who cares? I'll get a job at prep doesn't matter <laughs> yeah yeah, but now now money's important, money's a thing that helps my job helps me and Laura and uh, Olivia you know live and pay our bills and feed us and and i and that's my responsibility, yeah, yeah. But then you also have to take on the, the responsibility of being a dad and being a good dad. And especially when you're a new dad, you don't know what good is, realistically. You know, you don't really know how to change nappies and that kind of thing. But then you also are to become... If people, I reckon people are going to be like, boo-hoo, Gordon, oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> I don't know why I care what other people think what I'm saying. This is just a podcast. It's 40 people are going to listen to it. But, <laughs> but I, I feel that, yeah, and, and then there's that pressure of, you know, being a husband... And being a boyfriend yeah. and being a partner, and uh, and you've got all of that. That that and that's a, that, that's more pressure than I've felt. I think because perhaps like there's things I was thinking about recently. Was I feel I feel capable of doing the physical, so I feel very capable of going to work, doing my job, doing it very well. I feel I can hug, I can I can change the nappies, I can get up early and feed the baby. You know, relieve Laura of those things, but I I felt less capable of the emotional. You know, how yeah. do I when when Laura was going through the sort of two week, two week blues, baby blues, I felt very worried and I, I didn't feel very capable of of helping how to help her best. Yeah yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I think we both agree that yeah, more support for dads is probably needed. Um, but anyway, let's let's touch on your birthing story. What was the the scary moment.
1: Uh, a were, scary were you, moment. Were you with Were you with Laura when you got the? When she yeah. So the, this was. So this was COVID, just post-ish COVID, if you will. You know, pre-pre Omicron. So we're kind of we were very lucky. We heard some you know horrific stories of dads having to sit in the car waiting for established labour to come into play, and who knows what that was. And my, I I hat tip to any dads out there that had to experience that. That's honestly. Because I, I, you know, every time, every time I had to leave Laura because of the visiting hours that I was allowed to do and stay in, every time I had to, to drive away, it was just, it was gut wrenching. Like it was, even now it makes me like shiver because, because you just, I've just left Laura there on her own in a hospital, with people that she doesn't know. Yeah. And you know, and I'm lucky I had my phone because I could phone her and text her and stuff. But that was horrific, and. There were there were some concerns because uh, baby Olivia had like a, a one of her heart holes which are, are normal in in babies. They between two chambers they essentially have a hole that then circulates blood, so it oxygenates everything and whatever. When they breathe, that hole closes up and it's all a natural process. But. Olivia's one was a bit too small, so one of the sort of the ratios between the aorta and the pulmonary artery essentially were a bit skew, so they had to do some scans and we were kind of on a bit of an alert sort of thing. So, there's been a bit of an anxiety about that. And, you know, you're sat, like I was talking about, you're sat there with like six or 10 other people trying to sort of negotiate with the midwives to get you on the <laughs> labour ward. And I, I was being very stern, maybe borderline rude, but I was just like, no, our babies are my priority. I'm, I'm going to make sure they know that that's, that's the case. So, sorry to any of the midwives if they're ever listening to this. <laughs> I, do, I do apologize. You've got,
0: you've got to put trust in people just, you don't know. You don't know you who it. Yeah. yeah. Just
1: mad. But well, you do. That, that's that's part of the health system, you know. Like, yeah. You, like I said before, we're the least qualified to comment, realistically. But yeah. we we feel like it's our highest priority. So then, yeah, we went into labour. I got a call at eleven p.m. I'd gone home for the day. Got got a call at eleven p.m. That you know we're going into labour, and it was it was actually really hard because I, I I know I arrived, and immediately when I walked in the room. Laura was in tears because it wasn't the experience that she thought it was going to be. You know I I didn't I didn't expect I didn't expect it to be as that different to what it actually was. But you have this kind of I don't know, comfortable, glamorous, maybe Instagrammable type of idea of what a birthing suite looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when you get in there, it smells smells clean. Like, like that bleachy kind of bathroom clean. It's very sterile for for obvious reasons. Like these are all obvious things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you just don't think about it. But it's not comfortable. It's not nice. It's not homely. It's not anything like that. And I, I remember walking in and Laura was in floods of tears because it just wasn't what it was. And I just immediately remember going into like, I've got to, I've got to look after her mode. I've got to make sure she's okay. Yeah. Yeah, be strong. Like, be this weird man figure. Like, I don't know what people, you know, but then talk about like be a man kind of thing. But it was. It was like this is this is my time. This is my responsibility. I need to make sure that she feels comfortable yeah. because that helps baby. That helps Laura. That helps the whole system work. And I just remember sort of talking talking her through the process and the rationale behind it all. And this is why it's like this. And you know, if there's any, can I bring anything? Like, I'd obviously brought clothes and the bag and all the stuff. And when we got there, and we sort of settled down, and and we were fine. And then it was just like a progressive thing, right? It goes from slowly but surely it gets worse and worse and worse. The and babe <laughs> gets worse. And, and uh, I just, I remember, I, rem- I remember we were kind of like coming into the morning and we'd gone through, it was, it was kind of, it was getting bad, but it wasn't too bad. But then it was getting like really bad. I said bad a lot. And Laura was just suffering a lot. And I just I had to say to her that I just I and this is so selfish of me, but I I needed to make sure that I was on point emotionally and mentally for the the crescendo, the whole big labour thing. And so I had I had to just go and take a minute for myself, and I went downstairs and bought myself a cheese toastie and cried into it. <laughs> 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 oh, I was so. because I didn't I didn't, it, I didn't I didn't want I didn't want to cry in front of Laura. Like I was just yeah, I yeah, was yeah. I, I was terrified of showing her that I was. Under, under stress because it, it, it wouldn't have helped the situation it wouldn't like she doesn't need to see that i'm in pain or i'm suffering
0: it's, a, it's an interesting point you make and even at the start when you get into that labour ward you almost feel like you've got to put a lid on your emotions and and be that bigger person and um, and that's really hard especially when it's obviously a very emotional time for, for both of you you need to try and kind of snap out of of, of your own emotions
1: when you, when you say bigger, I think you mean sort of emotional support. You need to be a yeah. person that's not you, you. You just need to be the the rock, if you will. I think is probably what you mean, and and that's what that's what I felt like I needed to be, and and I hope it helped. I hope if Laura listens to this, I hope it kind of helped helped her, and I hope I was a the the husband and support and father and whoever I am uh, to her, and it helped her get through it all. But it was it was absolutely brutal. I've I've never it was just it was horrible to see your. Your the the love of your life sort of sat there in huge amounts of pain, yeah. And she eventually got the epidural, so that (laughs) that basically (laughs) switched everything off. So I was fine. But yeah, I just remember sat on outside the hospital. Sat it was in August. Sat on the edge, you know, like it wasn't a seat. It was kind of like a concrete slab thing. And I was it was a brilliant cheese toastie, but I was just sobbing into it. (laughs) Um, And I remember the guy at the coffee cart that I bought the cheese toastie from just kind of being like, "Oh, everything okay?" And I was just telling him about the fact that we're having a baby and he's like oh it'll be okay you'll be alright and I was like That's, that was such a nice thing to say to yeah. me yeah. so um, thanks to that guy whoever he was I can't remember <laughs> his name but he's a lovely chap and uh, yeah then, then you know we got into the labour bit the bit where you've got you know ten people or whatever it is in the room and we had extra ones because of the heart thing uh, we had a paediatrician there we had a senior consultant we had uh, I don't know what the lady would have been but she'd been a consultant for something she was the one at the business end doing the thing uh, probably two student midwives, a uh, couple of senior midwives. Like it was just, it was an absolute uh, circus, and they were carnage. It was just loads of people, and I just remember I was, I was like so focused on Laura, just making sure she was okay and helping her push and whatever else. And I just remember turning and looking around, just all these faces. <laughs> just, just watching there. you and Laura, yeah, just Put watching a you and Laura. <laughs> and you know, a baby comes out, right? And it's just that magical feeling it's a mix of emotions it's a magical feeling at the same time as going holy shit we've actually got a baby here it goes yeah. Yeah. and yeah baby came out you know the, the doctors and things I'll, I'll, I'll try not to bore anyone with the gruesome aspects of it all baby comes out um, cut the cord we uh, just get her wrapped up in that that sort of snuggle position thing that they do and then I just I also remember Laura had her time and then I just got a little minute with her and again crying again you know, just sat on my own in the chair, just sobbing, and just a, a huge sense of relief for probably about an hour, where you just you f- you feel just amazing, and then and then it and then it becomes real in a weird way, where obviously Laura's in a lot of pain still, she's suffering still. There's still more stages to this whole process. It's not just a case of baby's born and everything's daisies and chains and yeah. everyone's happy and sunshine. And then it's a case of. Now we've got through the, the sort of the rigmarole of getting discharged and making sure baby's okay and everyone's happy and pediatricians are testing and, you know, and, and again, that, that situation and the reason I ask you when the, when you had to leave them, you know, your baby's born now, she's alive, she's out, she's, yeah. she's kick, kicking and screaming and here she is. And mum's, mum's having a difficult time because she's got to recover because it's all sore and it's really difficult. And then you're just got to go home. Yeah. Yeah. And they just you just send you home, and you've just got to drive like drive home with nothing. <laughs> I know, I know. It's 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 the weirdest, weirdest very instance. very very weird. And, and you know, and I, I have to say actually, this is this is an important point I want to make that the, I think Laura was in the labour ward for about three days, you know, prior to it because of this sort of heart thing that was going on. They wanted to monitor her while she was going through this kind of contractile thing. And David and Denise, my uh, mother and father-in-law they lived just you know 5 minutes up the road from from where we live they were they were an unbelievable support you know because every every i like could I'd, I'd stay there until until i possibly could every every day to sit with laura so that it was maybe 8 9 probably near, near enough 10 o'clock or something pushed them a little bit and i'd get home i'd get i'd stop off at theirs before i got home and they had a lovely meal ready for me you know a hot dinner just the three of us would sit down, and have a chat about you know debrief of the day, <laughs> how how Laura's getting on, yeah. and and that was you know I, I'm not sure how I would have coped if I'm honest if I hadn't had that on it your is. own, yeah, because it, I didn't feel alone. I, I didn't feel alone, and I, and I and I know I know some of the things that I've maybe said or the things that we've discussed may sound like we're not not talking about priority when it comes to mums and baby, it absolutely is, but to have their support. You know, sat there talking to me, debriefing, just telling me it's going to be okay, that everything's okay, because their daughter's also in hospital, right? And I'm there, I'm there, their, their messenger to a certain degree. But to have them, you know, sat there and talking to me about it was just a, a support that I'm, I'm very hugely grateful for. Um,
0: yeah, I guess I, I, I maybe took it a bit for granted because I had both sets, and I remember our mum obviously works in the hospital there, or beside the hospital, and she. Um, I don't know the, the first the next hour or the first hour I I was born she was there um, during her work and came in and obviously helped us and and yeah you kind of at the moment you take it for granted but then when you look back you realise that they they helped a lot and having both sets it obviously it's double, double the support
1: yeah no I agree and it was just that was amazing um, and then yeah so we, we we managed to get out eventually and we took baby out and Neil Neil came down with my mom and dad and yeah it was it was brilliant brought, brought her in showed her off like everyone was cooing over her which was great yeah it was, it was, then, it was, it was amazing if we could come down even during Covid yeah that, was, yeah that was good and then I remember taking her back for the first night and she started crying and we're just like what do we do what what, what happened and that first night you've just got you've got no clue whatsoever what the hell you're doing yeah is it nappy La- is it food is it Laura's, Laura's really sore she doesn't quite know how to breastfeed just yet you know it's still we're still trying to work all this whole thing out like is is the snooze pod that we bought appropriate is it too big is it too small is is are we covered over enough is she and then I'd wake up in the middle of the night and be like is she breathing yeah. You know? have yeah. I gone to sleep and then I'd get na- I'd get night terrors <laughs> I got night terrors for the best part of a month when she was first here where I think I'm lying on her wow like I th- I thought that she was in her bed and I and I was like it's just it's the weirdest thing and you know I-, I kind of I told people about it but they again it was kind of I didn't really talk to many dads that were kind of had had just had babies yeah, yeah. And I think that's an important point you speak to people I feel like speak to people who have had babies recently because I think that's more Relatively more helpful because the emotions are a bit more uh, yeah. connected or closer, and yeah, those night terror things that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, then we got her home, and then here she is, and she's just the most happiest, amazing little baby that we've got. And six months yet, yeah, four months, five. She months? is six six months six. this week. Yeah, wow, time flies. <laughs> no, it's mental. <laughs> um, right, I've got I got ten percent left on my on my battery on my laptop, so I'm, I'm hoping we can just do a a little. A, a, what I think is maybe other maybe three things that you take away from your experiences that you could recommend perhaps or give advice for or suggest?
0: Yeah, three things. So I think the first one's going to be get a routine in place. So, and that routine needs to include mum and dad get a break, whether that's separately because you don't have grandparents beside nearby or, or together, then I think that that's pivotal. Um, especially in the early days of the twins being born we um, got into a pretty bad routine of just like both of us and it's hard because there's two babies and you need two adults to look after them but yeah you just need to make time for each other and get Um, into routine number two (laughs) you've been fast Um, number two you go for number two I can't
1: think all right so I yeah routine thing is brilliant but oh that's a fire alarm going off. <laughs> Excellent. I, I don't want to move because I'm recording a podcast, so can someone <laughs> not... I'm going I'm to stay here and just do my podcast. Um, if, if, yeah, if, if I disappear, then you'll know why. So, yeah, it's gone off. That's fine. So, <laughs> um, I, 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 I echo what you're saying. I think that it's important you prioritise being boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Because the love that you make, and the love that you bring... To your child is really important, and leaving them with mums and dads, leaving them with grannies and granddads, leaving them with aunties and uncles, you need to do that and do it as much as do it as much as you can, and that yeah. you feel comfortable with, because the time that you spend together is super important. And make time for each other. Um, that's that's definitely tip number one. Is you as a couple, as a unity, you have you have to, yeah, yeah, look after each other, not just not just the baby.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, can't think of a number two.
1: Okay, my my number two is don't don't be afraid to sleep apart.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because I, 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 I love the fact that me and Laura like we share a bed together, and that's our, that's our that's that's what couples do, right? It's a really nice thing to do if you can. But for me, it was more. I had to go to work. Yeah, no, I had I had to perform. I had to perform because that money that I brought in helped feed everything and, and turn the cog. And for the short sense of delayed gratification in, the sense, in, in, in enjoying a, a bed together, but getting a better night's sleep made a big difference because we had that routine where Laura would go to bed at maybe 8, 9 o'clock. She'd sleep until about midnight. Baby would wake up after her little kind of short stint, feed her, I'd bring her up. Laura would feed her, and then they go to sleep. In the mornings, I'd get up at maybe six, half six, take baby, feed baby, and then Laura would sleep until about nine. So we had that type of routine. It did mean that we didn't sleep together. It meant that we didn't share a bed. It did mean that you know you're kind of separated, unfortunately. But it did mean that I could go to work, I could perform, I could do my thing. At least one of us wasn't too tired that we could. I could go and do all these kind of things. So yeah, that's definitely my number two is you know don't be afraid to separate sleep.
0: Yeah, um third one and maybe an obvious one but your focus needs to be on your relationship and your your, your new child or your your new children. Um forget things like making your house spotless or ensuring everything is is in where it should be and and cleaning and stuff because that can come later. I think you need to prioritize those two things in order. So your relationship and your your, your children.
1: And the, and the the Importance of a network, right? Yeah. So we signed up this, this. Everything about a baby is just expensive, but this baby and bump class, where Laura has developed friends out of that baby and bump class, that she now sees every single week. In fact, she messages them probably most days about something. Yeah. And it's a it's a journey of an experience for them together. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's that's amazing, you know. And, and it cost it does cost money, of course it does. But ultimately, that Baby and Bunk class has resulted in Laura having a, a support network that she can rely on that get her through the tough nights, that get her through the tough situations and, and that kind of thing. So I think that's number three. I'm not even sure if that's a tip, but yeah, you should sign up to these kind of things. I think they're they're very good. So they were what were they? Um, get a routine, sleep separately, prioritise your relationship. And kids
0: over housework. <laughs> yeah,
1: kids over housework. All right, I like that podcast. You Neil, know, that's another one. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Because these are, these are stories that we haven't actually sat down and talked to each other about, have we?
0: I know. I think the the, the twins birthing story probably needs a, a full episode.
1: Right. We'll <laughs> we'll we'll get into we'll get into that one for sure. Um, we'll uh, any twin
0: we'll, dads out there, give me a message.
1: Yes, actually, I had I had a couple of messages, a couple of WhatsApps from people uh, yesterday or the day before, just saying how much they're enjoying the podcast. Which good, like I, like I said before, we're not. I'm not. I didn't have the goal of doing this as an external. You know, I didn't. I don't care if anyone listens to this or doesn't listen to it. But it immortalizes two conversations, two brothers, and it's it's wonderful. I'm really glad that people are people who, the two people that message me, not not lots of people, <laughs> are are enjoying our little chats. Um, yeah, and if anyone ever has any suggestions or. Feels like they want us to talk about a topic or go into something that may interest them. Then you know, drop us a drop us a WhatsApp or a Facebook or Instagram or a greenhorn Podcast, and I'm sure we can we can get into it.
0: Sounds good. Um, while well, I choose the next next one we're doing? Oh, um,
1: are we? Is this what we do at the end of the podcast? We now tell people what I thought, we're yeah, talk I think about it's, next. It, yeah, just guess. Teases, teases them. Ready. Them. It titillates them. Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest fears biggest fears oh that's a good one I like that one we should really we should really like we should probably this one felt a little bit dark it's almost as if we should talk about things a bit bit, it's like our lives as dads it's just it's horrific but amazing at the same time yeah alright biggest fears for next week next week I'll have a think about it Um, I don't know when this one will be out we'll probably release it at some point I'm sure Um, but no I really enjoyed this one Neil this was was fantastic and I'm glad we squeezed it in and make it a priority sounds good Have a good day at work. I will. You enjoy your day off. (laughs) Thank you. See you later. Bye.